Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The drunk women will be downing Prosecco at this year's Edinburgh Fringe. You can see them from the 3rd to the 11th of August, inclusive 7.20pm at the Underbelly Bristow Square. Tickets are now on sale at underbellyedinburgh.co.uk. is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Long-term <laughs> relationships are all about bubbling arguments and really low standards. <laughs> I love it. The ghost ever come back and go, thank you. <laughs> Cliff Richard once thought my little brother was a ghost. <laughs> he wanted seven wives and against him. Is he from him. St. Ives? <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Yeah. It was. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Yes, hello and welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. Uh, today we are welcoming our amazing guest, journalist, author and broadcaster, it's Miranda Sawyer. Yay! Ooh, got me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being with us, Miranda. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, yeah. tell us, we've, we've one question for you. Oh, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. I've actually solved a crime. Ooh! I know, like. I was so happy to be asked. I was like, I've solved a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Made 
for me. I have solved a crime. So it was quite a long time ago. It was about, I don't know, 99, 2000 or something. And when I was younger, I used to be quite into old, stupid cars, right? And I had various kind of succession of old, stupid cars. I had a taxi. I would recommend, except it was, I mean, they're old. So the one I had was old. And it goes very, very slowly and quite rattly. But in terms of you can sleep in the back and everybody likes you. You make loads of friends. That's great. And then I had a series of quite old cars and they were Peugeots and I had a Peugeot 304 which is very pretty and then I had a Peugeot 504 which is a really pretty car it's a convertible and it was designed by this bloke called Pinot Farina and it looks really gorgeous and you feel like you're kind of driving around the south of France even though you're driving around Brixton (laughs) and it's really gorgeous right so I had this car and it cost me five grand which is a lot of money right and I went on various kind of adventures with it it was pretty useless so it, it was really hard to start but I had the technique and I I mean I drove around France in it and I would do things like I, I knew I couldn't kind of stop <laughs> because if I stopped it would cut out and then you couldn't start again oh, so wow. I would like slow down by changing oh, no. gears oh. and like you know I mean like madness out. so I knew this car really well but it was a pain in the butt so but I loved it very dearly and anyway I then in it must have been 1999-2000 I just met the bloke who is now my husband and we decided we were going to go on holiday and I bought a different car I was completely bonkers about cars and (laughs) I bought a BMW uh, 3 Series convertible and that was reliable so we went on holiday in that right and we left the other car outside my house in Brixton (laughs) and that was you know fine and then um, while we were on holiday I got a phone call from somebody who walks past my house quite a lot and said your car's gone and I went right okay and he was just like a concerned neighbor who'd phoned my agent and then you know found me and I went right okay fine so then I asked a mate to go around and he said yeah it's definitely gone so uh I got back and I registered it as missing but I kept hearing it was around so because it was so distinctive right it's like so bad car to steal (laughs) that people say to me I've seen your car it's in Camberwell I've seen your car (laughs) it's really annoying like really annoying so I where's Peugeot yeah exactly (laughs) popular children's and I'd gone to the police and I'd you know register it as gone and they and I still had all the papers so they um then they investigate and they found I can't remember how it happened but they they found they found that they just said look we can't do anything I know what they said they said we can't do anything you have to get in touch with the um uh, kind of uh, the agency that gives you out like, the licenses and you have to get in touch with them and say look it's my car and somebody else has got it so I did that and it's like nothing I mean nothing happened nothing happened it's really annoying yeah. right and it's just out. gone right so um, then it was a time I can't when... believe they can just turn that into paperwork like yeah. Grand Theft Auto yeah. paper. fill out some paperwork yeah it's so like really <laughs> irritating paperwork your paperwork yeah, yeah right. really annoying so nothing happened and I had no car and it was really like annoying because I really loved my car yeah and so then I I don't know if you remember there's a period of time when there's quite a lot of kind of uh, tube strikes and they were just striking for any whatever reason yeah. and I need to go to Manchester in the morning so I knew that I couldn't get there on time so I stayed with my brother and he lived at the time in Islington so went to Islington going to stay there blah 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 went out got a pit pissed with my then boyfriend and his mate and honestly we were in a cab going back and I saw my effing car <laughs> shut up wow. and my car was there and a bloke was getting out of my car shut up <laughs> was it your brother no. <laughs> so we stopped we stopped and we got out and this I got this is two amazing very pissed blokes one of them was quite big <laughs> and they went wow. I went that's my car and they got the bloke and they put him up against the wall and oh said that's not God. 
car. This is not your car. This is her car, right? Wow. It's so weird. I love this. So weird. What are the so odds of this? I know. It's so incredible. So, the odds are so odd. And so I, I went like, what are you doing with my car? And he had this story. He said, my uncle uh, sold it to me. Did it? Did it? You know, he uh-huh. had a story about it. And I said, it's my car. Yeah. Right. And that's, so we called the police. The police ended up like, it's so funny. And the police ended up like nine strong. And they were. <laughs> Really bored, like I don't know what. Turn up nine strong, and they (laughs) said, "We can't believe she just spotted it. Let's all go." Exactly. So they turned up. I explained the whole thing. They're kind of a bit weird about it, and the. And they said, well, he's got the keys. It's his car. And I'm going, it's my car. Oh my like, it's my That's car. That's not how anything works. Oh, yeah. Especially that is the law. Policing. They were <laughs> really rubbish. I can't tell you. They were absolutely You know what? He's holding the wallet. Yeah. So. <laughs> he was rubbish. But what they That's made him do insane. was give me a name, an address, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so they got, I got the name and the address of this guy, and they said, well, he's got the keys. And you know what was, like, he got in the car, and of course he couldn't start it, could he? Oh I could God. start it. So I'm like, I can start that car. I'll show you I can start no. that car. He can't start oh it. God, I start amazing. the car, this and they're cinematic. still like, yeah, well, he's got the... <gasps> Right. Even after you started it, yeah. and he couldn't. So you like started his getaway vehicle. Yes, <laughs> it was like unbelievable. So I was really, you know, as you can imagine, quite hacked off about yeah. it. I yes. think re- they say you got to go back to the police. I go back to the police. I re-report it. I say I know the name of the bloke. I know where he lives. He's got yeah. my car, right? And they said, mm. I remember this bloke said, possession is no time to go. Right? And I remember being. <laughs> and I can you imagine? And I was so cross that I picked up his. Hat. <laughs> and I took it and I said, Oh, it's mine now, isn't it? So, anyway, that didn't work. So, I was really cross. So, I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll take him to the small claims court, right? Because I've still got all the, yes. I've still got all the stuff. Right, I've got all the info. So I yeah. took him to the small claims court. Brilliant. I'm going to sound nothing if not dedicated. Yeah. I was like, right, I'm taking him to the small claims court. I take him to the small claims court. He turns up without the car. I win, right? Uh, obviously. Yeah. Obviously I win. And he's like, well, my, you know, I got it off my uncle. My uncle sold it to me. I paid money for it. It's a really tricky car to maintain. And I went, I know. Uh, and he was like, I spent all this money on it. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. That's my car. And why- so they award it to me. Right? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But what, like, he's got no paperwork to no. show. He's got no receipt. He's got no papers. No. So he's got nothing. Like, anyway, sorry. Continue. So I know. So, yeah. So there was an element that I felt a bit sorry for him. So I said, right, I'll pay the uh, expenses of the court case, but you owe me the car. Okay. So he's like, okay. He your uncle's a thief. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> your, your uncle, quote, unquote. Yeah, exactly. So then he, so I win. So then he has to give me the car. And he says, I haven't got the car with me. <gasps> Uh, I'll get in, started. Yeah, I'll bet in touch, right? So, of course, he goes, I don't hear from him. I'm so innocent oh all the way through. I'm like, oh. But I have various kind of addresses. So I have an address in Camberwell. I have one in Mitcham. And I have, he said, oh, I took it to... I took it for work to get done on it in these arches in Camberwell. Yeah. Uh, and, and I knew where those arches were, right? So, <laughs> so you so, love this car. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to the arches, right? And I'm like, I've lost my car. Somebody took it. This is what it looks like. It's really yeah. distinctive. And I go along every single kind of um, little dodgy garage along there. Yeah. And they all go, no, 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 no. Uh. Not heard of, not heard from it until this one guy who's under a car says, "I'm a raster. I cannot lie." <gasps> right, <laughs> which is amazing because his boss had just told him he'd never seen, told me he'd never seen it, oh, wow. and he said that car was in this garage last week. Shut right, up. 
I know. <laughs> so I looked at the boss and he went, I forgot, you know, whatever. And I said, but still the car's not there. So I'm still, I'm still like, okay, well, you need to... Um, uh, what we need to do about this is this is my number if the car turns up let me know because this car that you are working on is a stolen car just so you know yeah right? mm. so then i don't hear anything and i'm really good because i'm like i solved my crime yeah. <laughs> i found the blow yeah. i got everything i did everything i did everything and then i got another phone call <laughs> again i was away and there's a place in brixton on cold harbour lane and it's known as the barrier block it's it's just like a big it's a big estate okay. and all the windows kind of face in on the estate so the, the, the back of it goes onto Cold Harbour Lane and it looks grim and it's called the barrier block because it looks like a big mm. barrier oh. and there was a there was a garage there and this this friend of mine phoned up and said I've seen your car and I was like <laughs> what and he said it's honestly it's outside the garage on the barrier block <laughs> so I then meet him there and the car had been I mean it was the car but the car had been just kind of wrecked so he'd stuck <gasps> nice in it he'd put Wood, he put wood in the engine. He died. What a prick. I know. Oh he turned like he he'd messed up the he'd messed up the um, ignition and stuff like. That. But the really weird thing was, so I'm a bit like I'm still quite innocent. Like, oh, it's my car, you know. What I'm gonna... <gasps> and my friend, who was less innocent, said, "I can hotwire it for you." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> can you?" <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> and so he hotwired it. We got it back to my house, wow. where I then got it kind of mended. Oh wow. And got it sold on. So there you go. I sold my car. Oh, wow. Wow. I sold my car. <laughs> you really did. Yeah. I can't believe. Yeah, with no help from anyone. No, it was. I was so annoyed I by it about it. That, that, that is such a frustrating. Yeah. Why was everyone so useless? And because why? they don't want to. They don't want to get. You know. I know it's kind of. You know. Sound like I'm a Daily Mail reader. Yeah. But the police never want to get involved. But they don't really because it's like they don't care. But you know, like, they don't care. You you know, so somebody stole your car. Mm, there you go. But like you did mm. all their work for them. All yeah. they had to do was take the glory. Yeah, literally. And I said, this is the blame of the bloke. This yeah. is where he lives. That's yeah. insane. Like, no. Why is he still got a hat? No, that, I had to get a hat. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we ask on this podcast is if the perp like was in this room right now, if the guy that wrecked your car and didn't give it back was mm. in here, what would you say to him? Okay, so there's a really awful coda to this uh, oh, this mm. uh, crime, which is the bloke then went to jail for murdering his girlfriend. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah, Shit. so that was nice. And so they and the oh, oh, no. No. and the police got in touch with me because he did it very <gasps> soon after the oh he'd been in the court case, gosh. caught with the car. Wow! Oh my gosh. So yeah, Jesus. I know. So he, as far as I know, although it happened a bit ago, he may be out now. So I imagine <gasps> he went down for life did 15 years came out after 10 so he's wow. out so basically wow. I never want to see him yes. <laughs> ever ever again okay. car no car nothing he can sod off well that is fair oh yeah. 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 I did so not see ever, that coming no me neither so he, he, what I would say I mean the weird thing about it what I would say about all of it is it's a really weird thing to solve your own crime because it's quite heady. You know, yeah. you like you want to do it, and mm. you kind of feel yeah. like, yeah, and you feel. Oh, you know, we know, we know, we yeah, know, Miranda. Exactly. <laughs> and you, you know, I am, I am immensely fond of mysteries, and I and I yeah. grew up reading James Bond and Raymond Chandler and Mickey Spillane, and you know, and PI kind of work. Yeah. I just was obsessed with when I was a kid. So there's part of me that thinks I would be brilliant at this. Yeah. I'm going to be a great person at solving crime, <laughs> and I think. You can do it if you're really, really dedicated. Yeah. However, I do think that sometimes there's kind of unintended consequences that you know nothing ah. about because I'm essentially quite innocent. I know lots of nice people. Yeah. You know, I'm not very, 
you know, I'm streetwise because I live in Brixton, but I'm not streetwise. Right. So you don't, you, and I just approach everybody thinking everyone's kind of on my wavelength. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that sometimes you don't know how difficult people's lives right. are, what they're kind of going through, what yeah. kind of long-term drug habits they've got, what kind yeah. of abuse they're suffering. So you don't really know, and you're kind of solving yeah. the crime, right. you, can tip them over the edge. Right. Like, yeah. And you don't know. That's right. the only thing I would say about it. No, to follow, if you follow it all the way through, you can kind of set something else off in motion that you don't, that you know nothing yeah. about really. Yeah, that's really inter- and a really interesting point, actually. Yeah, it's quite odd because also you then, you, what I found I did was I slightly um, started questioning my judgment because when I met the bloke who ended up killing his yeah. girlfriend, um, I just thought he was quite weak. Because mm. when he was confronted with two drunk blokes yeah. to put him up against the wall, he didn't kind of offer right. any resistance. Right. But that's a different situation with yeah. somebody who's cracked off mm-hmm. her head and, you know, in a different situation. Yeah. So I just think it's it made me feel slightly weird about judging my judgment of right. people. Right. Yeah, right. You just can't. Yeah, you can't quite admit confronting. It's like, yeah. yeah. But you know that's true in life, isn't it? Yeah. You can assume. I'd far rather assume that everyone's nice. Yeah. I do assume that everyone's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Fundamentally, we are all nice. Mm. But, the, you know, you can just get it wrong, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. chilling. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> well. Sorry about that. Well, Solved well. my crime. Yes. And it all went wrong. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Well, talking of chilling, uh, we're going to get into our true true crime now. And uh, this uh, is an interesting one. This is the story of the Greenbrier ghost. So we've got a little bit of paranormal here. um, And it's the only case in history in which the word of a ghost has helped to solve a crime and convict a murderer. Oh, this is okay. (laughs) I'm on board. I mean, to be fair, that is kind of like the clickbait title for this this particular story. But it is very interesting. But first things first, has anyone ever seen a ghost? I haven't seen one. Okay. Can I can I preface this by saying I'm the most cynical person <laughs> okay. about this thing? Because, you know, there's always somebody that... Oh, yes, yes, I've seen many, many. I'm so cynical, but I had a very creepy experience that I cannot explain. So uh, my daughter was about one and a half at the time, one and a half, two. And um, we had a big window in the flat we were living in. So we it was always really bright in our bedroom look out I'm so freaked out yeah. just telling the story <laughs> it was really bright on the table. Was, yeah I, no seriously there was a street lamp so it was just always really bright so I could always you know see things and I remember just not being able to sleep and I kind of bolted awake because I heard that really distinct sound of you know the doorknobs that you push down mm. um that sound of if somebody just lets it go and it's like click oh yeah so I was sort of like oh and I saw our bedroom door just swing open. Ooh. Now that alone wasn't crazy because, you know, we get drafts. Sure. Right? It was summertime with windows yeah. open and all of that. So I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. Well, I'll go, I'll go check it out and see if there's a window open. Maybe I'll shut it. And when I stood up, I noticed that even though I absolutely 100% saw the door swing open, there was this small handbag that I'd given to my daughter to play with. So it was full of toys. Okay. And it was now propping the door open. Ooh. So I was like... Oh, this is creepy. This is really weird. I can't explain that. So she's asleep in another bedroom down the hallway. No, no, no. 
Okay. That was my first thought. I was yeah. like, come on, kid. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> We've been sleep training. This is not what you learned. <laughs> um, so my first, my first instinct was, we'll go check the door and make sure that no one has broken in. And it was silent. So I, t- I turn right out of the bedroom and I go to the door. It's locked. It's dead bolted. There's no signs of entry or anything. So I turn because my next thought is, we'll go check on your daughter. I could mm. see that her door was shut. I'd look down the other way, but when I turned around to walk back down the hallway, yeah. her there she had this box of Lego. Yeah. And it was right in the middle of the hallway, standing up on end. What? what? And there is absolutely no way that it was there before when I turned to go check through. Oh my god, I'm oh goosebumps. I hate this story because I can't <laughs> explain it. I'm like, I like science. I can't explain this. That's freaky. But what was really weird is I didn't I feel more creeped out telling it now than I felt in the moment. I was okay. just like, well, this, if this is a ghost, he's kind of a son of a bitch. <laughs> really messing with me. And I went and checked on her. She was sound asleep. And I like picked up the box. I'm like, don't you go on your side again. And I sort of <laughs> took a while to fall asleep, but fell asleep and that wow. was that. Whoa. But I, it was just the weirdest thing. Oh, that's a poltergeist, yeah. isn't it? Aye, aye, aye. Lego oh, it felt really creepy. I love the film Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Poltergeist, I was like seventeen or something, and uh, we all went as a as a crew, and we all sat as in the row. And I was so scared that when it finished, this kind of older couple turned around to me and said, "Are you okay?" <laughs> obviously, out of everyone in the whole cinema, I'd be screaming so badly. Yeah, I love it. You got oh, the I most out of that film. Yeah, <laughs> I got my money's worth. That's really creepy. Your story yeah. is creepy. my only uh, ghost story is the. Uh, Cliff Richard once thought my little brother was a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a weird old sentence. But my uncle used to own a hotel on the Isle of Wight and um, children weren't allowed and Cliff Richard stayed at his hotel and then me me and my brother would go up and see our nana upstairs and then as we walked back down Cliff Richard apparently had glanced at my brother and then just gone, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. You should have been employed to do that. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Apparently he said to my... Well, now I understand. I thought he was just like really malnourished or something. <laughs> he said to my uncle Leo, he was like, I thought I saw a ghost, but then I saw his Nike trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and ghosts are always Victorian children, aren't yeah, they? Always, yeah, always. Um, right, okay. So allegedly a ghost of a young woman appeared at the end of her mother's bed and told her she'd been murdered and oh. not died of natural causes, which is what had been recorded. Oh my God. So when do you think this happened in history that people were taking this mm. test? Testimony seriously. Early 1900s. Yeah. Okay. That's a good guess. Uh, yeah, they I, loved a ghost then, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, like medicine had moved on. They probably, coroners had a job to do. They could tell more stuff. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 1910. I was going to go slightly earlier, just like 1880s. Oh, it's 1897. Yeah. Everyone was in a good... Everyone was right. So this <laughs> happened in Greenbrier County, West Virginia in the States. Um, oh. So Elva Zona Hester, the murder victim, was born in Greenbrier County sometime around uh, 1873. So, so uh, how old is she at her death? Sorry. 23 years later. So she's 23 right. years. Oh, so she's an adult when she's killed. She's an adult okay. when she's killed. Yeah. Uh, Zona met You're her. picturing cute little ghosts, oh, and yeah, now I was it's like a ten-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have prefaced it with like. I mean, it's still sad. She is a twenty-three-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah. um, she young. met a drifter, and Uh-oh. this is a very solid name. His name is Erasmus Stribling Trout Shrew. Of course, wow. it is. It's a big old name, isn't it? So he's known as Trout, um, and he had moved. <laughs> the easiest one to remember. <laughs> <as well. laughs> Can you call me Shoe Guys? <laughs> no, I'm not Trout. Erasmus. 
Yeah, he moved to Greenbrier County in search of a new life and to work as a blacksmith. Zona met him not long after his arrival in town. The two fell in love and he proposed. Uh, do you think Zona's mum, the one that saw the ghost, Mary Jane, was happy about this? <laughs> about a drifter with eight names and none of them are names? No. Yeah, yeah. no. Unless he actually had a trout farm or something. Yeah. Did Hidden anything? trout farm. Drifting. <laughs> trout. No. Uh, she would not like that. I love the idea of a travelling trout farm. <laughs> <Yes>. That's possibly. <laughs> He was just, you know, selling his words. I'm a trout of dead. <laughs> I got trouts in this bucket. I got trouts in this bucket. Um, but she was not happy. Um, she had taken an instant dislike to trout and always felt like he was, <laughs> I know this name, always felt like he was hiding something. Uh, so the couple lived peacefully for a short time before Zona's body was found in the house. Question, how mm. long do you think they lived peacefully before, before he murdered her? Mm. Oh my goodness. Uh, a year? Well, it's less than a year. Three months. Oh, oh my God, it's three months. Wow. That's, oh, that's okay. a quick romance, isn't it? That's, it is. That's how long Living it's... together is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's usually something that kicks yeah. off after three months. Not necessarily murder, but it gets, yeah. So, yeah, on January 23rd, 1897, Zona's body was found at her home. So who do you think it was found by? Any idea? Do you think that Trout discovered the oh, body himself? I hope himself? it wasn't his, her mother. Or do you think that she, he was being a bit cleverer? Um, so they live in the same town as the mum. Yeah. So it could be the mum. Yeah. Um, but then he could be like, oh, look what I found, like, pretending. I'm going for the priest. Oh, the Ooh. priest. The priest just came round, like, <laughs> yeah. they do. Every good story. <laughs> I, I think maybe he discovered it. I'll say the mum to be different. <gasps> well, as, I mean, we know that this man is a shit, but um, <laughs> he sent a young boy on an errand to oh, the house. God. Yeah. Oh, God. So the kid discovered it. Oh, what a get, I don't like him. I mean, you know, yeah. I wasn't fond of him before. <laughs> Yeah, I like him now. He's really There's horrible. There's a team trout before no. now, but come on. Uh, the boy found Zona lying on the dining room floor, stretched out with her feet together and one hand on her stomach. The boy ran to tell his mother, who summoned the local doctor, um, and coroner, George W. Knapp. Knapp did not arrive for close to an hour. Uh, so in the in-between time, Trout comes home. What do you think he did? Wait a second. The doctor is also the coroner? Yeah, it's a small town. Okay. Man of many talents. Okay, yeah. so the people who were there are the dead woman. Yeah. The kid, so presumably no. Maybe the kid has left. Yeah, the yeah. kid has left. He's and we've got like mom. who's there? His mum. So no, at the moment so at the, the house, hour. you've got the body and you've got um, and then Trout goes home and we know that he knows because he he. And there's nobody her. else with the body then. Nobody's standing with the body. Um, no, apart from well, Trout goes home. Oh right, okay. um, okay. so, the coroner is there. Not no, yet. He doesn't I'm arrive. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sequence hard for tampering. Yeah, so tampering. So, what do you think? What do you think he does to make it look like maybe she wasn't murdered? Oh, he sits her in a chair. (laughs) (laughs) She's holding a glass of wine. (laughs) Just a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he didn't pose her with her hand on her stomach because I was thinking if it was poison, Mm. maybe he made it look like. Did he put like? Really bad a plate cooking. of really bad food. <laughs> yeah, like porridge, trout, rancid trout, uncooked trout in front of her. Yes. Um, by the time the doctor arrived, Trout had carried his wife's body upstairs to the bedroom and laid her out on the bed. He well, dressed the corpse himself. Why do you think that's unusual at that time for Trout to have done? It? Apart from the fact that he's completely tampered with an yeah. unexpected death crime scene. Yeah, yeah. And was that illegal at that time? to tamper, tamper with, with the, it yeah until the coroner got there I don't know I think they're a bit slacker weren't they right mm. 
Um, Why was it unusual at the time for him to dress the body? Yeah, for him to do it specifically. Would it have to be a woman? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Katie's on fire. <laughs> what, really? Even if it's a spouse? Yeah. Uh, traditionally, the job of washing and preparing the body for burial. Tell you what, men can't do anything these days. <laughs> but, but I can't be, even dress my dead but wife. The, but, he's, but he's preparing her for like... But that's weird because... Surely, like, like, let's get this buried. We don't. Yeah, need the like we don't need to look. He's like, not. Yeah. No, we don't need the coroner. I'll just dress her and she's going to be buried. Saved everyone a job. Yeah. Um, but, so wait, wait, just a second though. So it, did women have to do it to women and men did it to men, or women did it to everybody? Oh, it's a good question. Probably to everybody. Okay. They do all the work, don't they? Am I right, guys? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, <laughs> yeah, so... This one gets a bow tie. Trout dressed her. <laughs> right. But he dressed her in a high-necked dress <gasps> with a stiff collar. Oh. He's a bloke, though. They haven't got a clue. <laughs> This girl, this will do. You always like that, don't you? No, so he's covering. He that strangled mark. her. Yeah, he. Well, maybe he's uh, maybe. placed it's a, a trout bone. Trout bone. bone. Is that what it's bone? Trout bone down the throat, and he's covering it. Oh, oh. that's why I don't need them. <laughs> um, he also placed a veil over her face. Trout remained by the corpse while Doctor Knapp <gasps> examined it. Wow. He was cradling his wife's head and sobbing. Knapp ascertained the body showed signs of being deceased for far longer than a few hours. Oh wow! But do you think Doctor Knapp was able to do a thorough investigation? Not investigation, well, examination. He, he couldn't upset the crying man cradling the wife's head, could he? He couldn't have, like, get a, her the head. Get yeah. off! Oh my god! You know, yeah. this really, I've been reading stuff recently about um, domestic violence and. Like, basically, strangulation is the last thing they do before killing. Wow. And it's often of the way of killing it. And uh, and a lot of it doesn't even leave marks. So if it's even left marks, that's really terrifying too. But it's literally, if a, if a woman's being abused by her husband, strangulation is pretty... Like, the, the experts on trying to make this easier to prosecute and right. yeah. get it listed as what it should be, um, that's... If ever anyone is escaped and reporting choking and strangulation they're like okay this is really serious but the police aren't equipped to um... wow no i mean in this case as well nor is dr knapp because dr <laughs> knapp noting the husband's grief yeah. gave the body only a brief examination uh, and he did note some bruising on her neck which right. is terrifying yeah. um, when he, he tried still notes the bruising he noticed the bruising okay but when he tried to look closer trout reacted so violently that wow. knapp ended the examination and left the house 
<laughs> like that is not the doctor you want doing no. your post-mortem is it or your smear test or anything <laughs> like you don't like, <laughs> your smear what do you have to mean I'd be like can you just be thorough be thorough please <laughs> he just wants the path of least resistance yeah so what do you think Nap recorded as the cause of death for Zona mm. and I'll give you a clue it's pretty sexist <laughs> really oh God. hysteria it's always hysteria isn't it Cramps. <laughs> really bad period pain. <laughs> um, essentially... Sexist cause of death, I don't know. Well, it is... It's kind she of overthinking. <laughs> yeah. She's just being too womanish. Reading? Um, what, Dizziness. It, yes, the, well, the death was listed as everlasting faint. Oh my wow, God. that's amazing. God. That's quite religious. Also a great yeah. 80s album. <laughs> Wowzers. I thought you were about to sing there, but you were just saying yeah. Everlasting face. Sorry. <laughs> um, later, the cause of death was changed to childbirth. But it is unknown whether she was pregnant or not. That is how unthorough Dr. Knapp was. Oh, wow. He was just or like, anyone else. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny about it. Even a kid, if they walked in, would know if she'd been giving yeah. birth or not. I mean, they might notice. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's utterly insane that there's there's no... Yeah, there's no... They just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Another dead woman, anyway. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's actually childbirth. feasible in that time period, though, that so little was understood that men had not witnessed that. They weren't a but part a of that, that they'd be like, no, childbirth. Mm. No, oh, I know. Were, were men but... not involved? Was it all like women? No, that I were mean, doing I don't think men were involved with births, weren't they? Right, were... that was before it got more medicalized. I've watched no. Call the Midwife, it was mostly ladies. Mm, I think right. ladies, yeah. So the doctor had been treating her for female trouble for two weeks before her death, which could be anything. So what, do we know what the doctor thought female trouble was? Uh, well, we still be- don't know. Being female, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Making a fuss. Um, so the next people to find out was Ona's parents, and when Mary Jane found out, she was oh. reported to have said that devil has killed her. Yeah. So Trout has managed to fool the doctor, but um, what is it about funerals, particularly at that time, and also I think still in America now, that we, I feel like we don't have this here. The open so much. casket. The open casket. Okay. Do have it in Ireland. Yeah, in Ireland, yeah, right? It's a Catholic yeah. thing. Yeah, right? Catholic. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely out. Oh yeah. man, in that, the home. Yeah. yeah, that is exactly what happens here. Yeah. So, what do you think Trout is up to? I mean, what do you well, think? Well, so up basically, to? well, then he he's given her a high collared dress, hasn't he? So yeah. maybe he's had to redress, or somebody's redressed it, and they notice the stuff around her neck. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. They um, it's taken to the the parents' house, uh, the um, the casket, and Trout mm. kept something of a bedside vigil next to it. I, I he bet didn't he did. let. <laughs> yeah, he didn't let anyone anywhere near. Uh, his behaviour began to arouse suspicion. During the wake, his grief changed repeatedly from overwhelming sadness to incredible energy. He allowed uh. no one to come close to the coffin, especially while he was placing a pillow on one side of her head and uh-huh. a rolled up sheet on the other. Oh he explained God. these additions by saying they would help his wife rest easier. Ugh. I know creepy. Trout, so creepy. Trout also uh, tied. You must be exhausted after your everlasting faint, honey. Here's <laughs> yeah. a pillow. Well, it's like the lie that you know you can get not challenged on. It's yeah. like so obviously a lie, but so anyone flimsy. that challenges it looks like a cunt. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. really clever, horrible lying. Yeah, this is literally this case is just full of people not yeah. wanting to say anything. Yeah. Apart from Zona's mum, who we'll this hear is from using in a minute. Social convention for evil. Mm. Um, so when it was time to move the corpse to the cemetery, several people noticed something odd about the body. What do you think it was? The head. neck was broken. <laughs> well, yeah, oh it fell my off. God, he, wanted, 
<laughs> he wanted to stop oh, the neck God. rolling. That's why he placed all that stuff there to catch yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was actually broken. Oh. I know. Wow. Because uh, that's why you'd see it, because you don't often see the bruises. Yeah, Jesus. The, there was a strange looseness to her head, but as um, <gasps> with lots of people in this town, no one really said anything apart from Mary Jane, who was so convinced that her son-in-law wow. had murdered his wife. Um, so after the wake, she removed the sheet from inside the coffin and tried to return it to him, but he refused it. She noticed an odd odour about it, so she washed it. Now, this is where things start to get a bit weird and okay. paranormal. She goes to wash it. She puts it in a basin of water. And what do you think she alleges happens? A spirit comes out. <laughs> You've jumped the gun a little. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's a sign. There's a stain on it that doesn't come out. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. You're catching up with Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She said that the water in the basin turned red when she dropped <gasps> the sheet in. But, uh, it, but it didn't look stained when she put it in. No, it was just a white sheet. She put it in the water. All of the water turned red, is what she says. Okay. The sheet then turned pink and the water cleared. The stain could not be removed, uh, which Mary Jane interpreted as a sign that Zona had been murdered. Uh, she began to pray and every night for up to four weeks kept up her prayers, hoping that Zona would return and explain oh. to her what happened. Wow. Then what do you think happened? I mean, I know I shared a ghost story, but I've also done laundry. And <laughs> I'm just not buying this, but okay, okay. Well, this, this is, she I, has a gut feeling and it's manifesting yeah, itself into I, her superstition, so not, I totally... Not, it, it, she has a gut it. feeling, definitely. Yeah. I don't even know if it's manifesting. I think she's playing the game too. She's like, I'm going to do the acceptable lies... That's just get yeah, my keep, story. Yeah, to. I'm going to keep. Huh. I'm washing and I'm praying. Yeah, which is completely interesting yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, okay. allowed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Interesting. So what um, happens next is apparently Zona appeared to her mother in her bedroom. The ghost appeared first as a bright light, gradually taking form and filling the room with a chill. She said that Trout was a cruel man who abused her and who attacked her in a fit of rage when he believed that she had cooked no meat for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he broke her neck and to prove this the ghost turned her head around until it was facing backwards oh my god that's so horror story that's so yeah, great I love really, it really, really. <laughs> it's creepy yeah, isn't it that is, yeah you pulled a ghost proper woohoo we're back to really dodgy I... schlocky films <laughs> yeah. I was thinking how much I missed The Haunting of Hill House that was such a good series and that's oh. very it is very like that isn't it yeah um, and apparently she visited her mother over four nights so what do you think Mary Jane did next with this information that she's got Wow, she's going to go to the police that won't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she videoed it. <laughs> she took notes, drew a sketch. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Does she go to the police right away or does she need some She's got to go to the priest. Come on, the priest oh, must be Yeah, involved. I feel yeah. like she needs to get the church on her side. Yeah. yeah. Well, she visited the local prosecutor, so she did go straight to the police, okay. um, John Alfred Preston, and spent several hours in his office trying to convince him to reopen the matter of her daughter's death. So do you think she managed to convince him? With her ghost story. Oh, I hope um, so. Come well, on. So, he, so, I mean, it depends if he's a religious man too, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think not yet. Okay. They were all religious men, weren't they? Okay. Mostly, well, yeah. I guess. But yes, he did. Um, but was straight off the bat. Yeah. And whether he believed the story of the ghost is unknown, but he did have enough doubt to dispatch deputies to re-interview several people of interest in the case, mm, okay. uh, including Dr. Knapp. Um, apparently... <laughs> Was that really brilliant doctor <laughs> Dr yeah. Knapp there's so many doctor. terrible doctors in these yeah. stories yeah. it's just amazing so wait so at this point though the, the body's been in the ground for a month yeah okay 
Yeah, um, apparently also when I was reading stuff about this, also there was a vibe around town that this guy definitely, because mm. I come from yeah. a small town, there's always, people. if there's a vibe around town, the police mm. I think pick I up mean, on it. I mean, would there have been a vibe too that he was abusing her or would you think that would have been more hidden? I think it was only three months, wasn't it? So I'm not it's sure. kind that, of accepted. That was fine. Just don't murder them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Preston himself went to speak to Dr. Knapp, uh, who stated that he had not made a complete examination of the body. This was viewed as sufficient, sufficient justification for an autopsy mm. and an exhumation was ordered and an inquest jury formed. So how do you think Trout reacts to the news that there's going to be an autopsy? Brilliantly. <laughs> Through a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, come around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's going to do the whole narcissistic, I'm so upset having a breakdown kind of make the attention on him again or something or he's gonna scarper oh yeah he might do a runner yeah well he vigorously complained is Mm. the uh (laughs) the description um and also he wanted to be present at the autopsy right so so he he was meddling again i know what a fucking idiot um but that yeah that looks real bad <laughs> and this yeah. guy's not playing it very cool anyway <laughs> can, I, can i come in apparently he responded saying that he knew he would be arrested but that no one would be able to prove his guilt oh god he's a horrible psychopath isn't he yeah. he just thinks he's brilliant Ugh. the yeah. ego on it the autopsy lasted three hours and was conducted at the local school oh wow <laughs> oh. <laughs> educational everyone line up <laughs> During so four hours, yeah. I'd be like, it's oh, closed for voting and autopsies. Yeah. <laughs> Kids got the day off. So. Yeah. Another dead body, off you go. Yeah. Um, so the autopsy found that Zona's neck had indeed been broken. And the discovery was made that the neck was broken, the windpipe was mashed, on the throat Jesus. there were marks of fingers indicating that she'd been choked. It's Yeah, it's wow. horrible, horrible reading. Um, and on the strength of this evidence and his behaviour following her death, Trout was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife. Yeah. Uh, so before the trial began, stuff was starting to come to light about Trout's past. Do you think he was married before? Yes, mm-hmm. I think he's got a trail of dead women behind him. Yeah, or several marriages and just moved on. Yeah. Selling his trout. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was a little bit of both because he'd apparently been married twice before. His first marriage ended in divorce with his wife accusing him of great cruelty. His second wife died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, less than a year after they were married. Um, And this is slightly odd. Apparently in jail, Trout started talking about how many wives he had planned to have over his life. (gasps) So he just wants to dispatch him because he's bored. Yeah, yeah. That's oh not God. what you look for in like a husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, how many are you planning? Um, oh. Any guesses how many he thought you would go for across his life? Oh my goodness, twenty-two. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Even Trout wasn't that four. Long. Ooh, between ten and four. Six up. Seven. It was seven. <laughs> Um, yeah, he wanted seven wives and he told reporters that he was sure he would be let free and be able to do it because there was so little evidence Is against him. Is he from him. St. Ives? Uh, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was convinced that there was so little evidence against him, but yeah. he was discounting the ghost. Now, don't get too excited. The ghost oh, does this is so great. Oh, the ghost just... Yes! <laughs> oh, they're giving evidence. Oh, my God. I do feel a little bit like I've led awesome. you up that path and oh. the ghost does not appear. Oh, oh um, come on. I know, I know. But, so the trial began... And now taking the stand. <laughs> um, it began on June 22nd, 1897, and Mary Jane was Preston's star witness. Uh, but he confined his questioning to the known facts of the case, skirting mm. around her issue of the ghostly sightings because he didn't want her... Wait, he was his own lawyer? No. Um, oh, the lawyer for him. Preston is the... the oh, Preston, he's sorry. the investigator. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's the prosecution, so he's prosecuting him. Right. And 
so Mary Jane was a star witness, but he didn't want people to think that she was an unreliable witness mm-hmm. or crazy. So he's like, let's not really talk about the ghost stuff. What? But who do you think does bring up the ghost stuff? Oh, he the did the, uh, the trout. <laughs> the trout brings up the ghost stuff to try and make her look to mad. To discredit her. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, and trout's And then it backfires. Damn right it did. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Oh, wow, I love it. I know, it's incredible. So he questioned... Um, so he is his own lawyer then? No, it's his, trout does his have a lawyer. The lawyer does it. He's so. obsessed with somebody <laughs> having their own lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> somebody here has their own goddamn lawyer. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just interested as to what he would choose to do. I know, yeah. it does seem like the measure. Yeah, he's like an ego type, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like Ted Bundy. Yeah. Um, so he questioned don't go there it's a terrible town <laughs> he questioned Mary Jane extensively about her daughter's visits on cross-examination okay. the tactic backfired when Mary Jane would not waver in her account despite intense badgering as the defence had introduced the issue the judge found it very difficult to instruct the jury to disregard it wow. which is what he tried to do but they wouldn't because many people <gasps> in the community believed it yeah. including the jurors oh, um, wow you got a superstitious community ghosts are going to get people locked up yeah. that's amazing exactly and a Apparently, she even brought the sheet in as evidence. Oh, that's so great. The stain that doesn't come out. This is so good. I don't know whether she popped it over her head for a kind of real ghost vibe. Do you think the jury convicted? Yes, yeah, definitely. We convicted so. him. I want to say yeah, but did the judge overrule? No, so they did. Yes, yeah. Trout was found guilty of murder on July 11th. Uh, what do you think he was sentenced to? Mm. Uh, to be oh, hung? Okay. I don't know in those days. Yeah, well, right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have like? They don't have, do they have life then? I don't know. Well, hard labour. Give up your uh, trout. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think he would have been executed. Okay. And I'm going to go with hanging. Yeah, okay. Hanging. Well, ten of them voted that he'd be hanged, uh, but without a unanimous verdict <gasps> of death, Trout was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, okay. okay. Which would have been life in prison. Would there have been mm. a parole then? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, life think meant they life. they did appeals then. Uh, okay. I, that's yeah. a good question. Like, when did appeals, the appeals process start? But also, because yeah. life in prison means something different here. So if life yeah. in prison now means 15 years. But it's, yeah. in America, I always think they, they just think it means life, don't they? Yeah, that's... it's much tougher. Like if you get life, it means life in America. Right. Whereas in Britain, it yeah. tends to mean fifteen years. Mm. Okay, right. yeah, unless it's like really bad. Twenty huh? consecutive life sentences. Oh it's yeah. All very, yeah, oh and yeah. They're out in eight years. So I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand. Um, but this did not satisfy everyone in Greenbrier County, and a lynch mob <gasps> assembled. Oh, oh no! Wow. Pitchforks. Yes. So with between fifteen and oh, thirty men who, and I quote, had bought a new rope. Oh my god. <laughs> that's just what he said. Like. <laughs> Wow. Well, you don't want to use the smelly old rope. <laughs> you don't want to make sure it doesn't break. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, this, this is true. Um, but um, so they started towards the jail, and a man, again, another great name, George M. Hurrah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I like him, he's my friend. <laughs> so he contacted the sheriff. Um, he'd obviously seen them through his window or something, and he let the sheriff mm. know what was going down. Uh. What do you think the sheriff did with this information that a lynch mob is coming towards the jail? Put he the left out. the jail. Yeah. He left the jail and he opened the door yeah. and said they could get in. Oh, no. Is he not going to start gunning down the mob, is he? <laughs> This is way more exciting than what happened. <laughs> this is he what stopped them. Does he just stop them? 
Well, it's so weird. He took, apparently, uh, Deputy Sheriff Dwyer took Trout to a place of refuge in the woods. Oh, come on. Yeah, a mile or so from the town. And then he came back and disbanded the mob and returned them to their homes. Oh, no, and he escapes. Well, do you think Trout was there when he went back for the woods? He didn't tie him to a tree or anything. (laughs) He didn't didn't say to the people with the rope, he's over there. (laughs) Oh, my God. He didn't just leave him in the woods. He was just trusting him in the fucking woods. (laughs) That is just unbelievable. Incompetent. I can't believe it. Do you know what? I, that, again, stay, I'm... Trout, stay. <laughs> oh my god. Well, what happened was in the I read. Although after your story, Miranda, yeah. I don't believe anything. Yeah. Modern police. And that was the modern day. Yeah. I read several things uh, about this and reading about this part. There was never a mention of anyone. Else. I assume someone else was there, but sure. it was never they... ever mentioned. It was just he took him to the woods and he was like, "I'm just gonna go deal with this with with wow. another deputy." Yeah. yeah you'd think so so Trout was still there um, so he got taken to prison Um, how long do you think he spent in prison well it sounds like it wasn't life because you're answering asking us he died in prison yes he did oh and of grief Uh, (laughs) uh, did someone kill him in prison well, you see, again, with all these sort of older cases, I read I somewhere know. that ten someone killed years, him in prison. Ten years? Ten? Did he do ten? He did three years oh. because he died Whoa. on March 13th, 1900. Any idea how he died? We sort of almost already... Somebody could. strangled him. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, would be, that would be a just uh, What would you have? Typhoid? Uh, oh. Yes, well, it was an unknown epidemic, which is the joy of living in the okay. 1900s. It could have been anything. Measles. It could have been anything. Yes, measles, mumps, or pneumonia. Smallpox. Mm. Oh, pneumonia. That was the three that it could have been. Okay. I think it's per pneumonia. pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> So he was buried um, in an unmarked grave in the local cemetery. Mary Jane never recounted her story of her daughter's ghost again. Did Uh, the ghost ever come back and go, thank you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, hilariously, um, one of the um, sort of things I read for this was on Wikipedia. And at the bottom it said, as for Zona, her ghost was never seen in the area again. Citation needed. (laughs) 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 That was I mean, the whole story, citation needed. Yeah. So, um, do you think, like, what is your... Just like an alternate name for our podcast. Yeah, citation needed. It could cover so many things. Um, So, yeah, just to finish this Mm. up, do you think... What do you think? Do you think the ghost... I mean, my instinct was kind of like, if she was making it up to get him kind of like... In trouble. You know, well, to get him sort of like to go down for what he did, then great, I'd make up a ghost story. But but maybe she believed it. What are your thoughts? Do you know what? I Hmm. don't care if she believed it or not. I think she did what she had to do and she brought a villain to justice. Mm. Yeah, and also I think it's interesting what you said about the conventions. She's she's playing within the conventions, which is quite good. So, And also I think, you know, if my daughter was murdered by some horrible git, then you would be completely mad with grief and you may well, you know, I mean, when people die, you quite often feel their presence even you know they're not yeah. there yeah and if it's somebody really close to you i can imagine you would yeah because you wouldn't be sleeping would you you'd be just nuts it would be so mm. intense with the trauma and yeah everything. so you probably would see her yeah and if you had that great suspicion then you would just yeah. merge so i think the ghost yeah. definitely existed even if just for her yes. yeah yeah nice. i like that. definitely was there perfect way yeah. of putting it 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, Taylor, anything to add? Not after that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then she went to Detective Bye Bye. <laughs> well, um, his... Detective Sawyer rounded that out. Here's to Mary Jane, everybody. Yeah, go Mary Jane. Yay. That was fun. I'm glad the right person won. Drunk women solving crime. So we got one last section of the podcast, and this is a listener crime. So this was written in our last live show. We asked people okay. to write in. So this is, Dear Drunk Women, my little brother, aged about 10, was obsessed with a book involving a magic 50p that could grant wishes. Somebody spent at least two years selling him magic 50p coins for sums of money up to £5. This con artist has never been brought to justice for her crimes. What do we think immediately? Blatantly her, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) She did it. And she's she's just confessing because she feels so bad because it's a younger brother. And she was charging him a fiver every time she gave him 50p. And she took all his birthday money. And you are really bad. We don't forgive you. No, no. Take that guilt with you. Sorry. Oh, shame. Is this our first confession? It I must feel, be. That is so be. a confession. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And they didn't leave a name, so... It's definitely. Yeah. I know. I was an older sister. <laughs> I know the way the your power. mind thinks. <laughs> so like there's a bit of leeway with siblings, right? The rules are just different. Yeah, it's true. I did think like because that was the Queen's Nose the the book. Oh, yeah, Do you remember the Queen's say, was Nose? That, there was a kids' oh, TV okay. show too. Yeah, they made a TV show of it. They did. They did. I was yeah, obsessed. What did the Magic Fifty Ps? do what was the oh. you just got a wish you'd rub the nose and then you'd wish for something yeah and she never really she always wished so for it was like, the queen you were rubbing the nose the queen's nose yeah and um <laughs> i'm sure there's something filthy about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i yeah. was rubbing the queen's nose <laughs> i do think that her punishment should be making sure that she confesses that like brings it up with the brother who hopefully by now has figured it it out yeah. that that was not a fair deal but she owes him something yeah I'm take him sure for a meal and confess because like if you mm. work out how much yeah they she charged him for all these 50ps if there was a five every time yeah and then obviously add in inflation so that would be like massive in big London reparations prices, wouldn't it yeah, yeah. oh yeah going out this 500 quid meal yeah. <laughs> inflate like buy him a car money. Miranda yeah. can help you out <laughs> <laughs> well um, just before we go I mean I think we solved that you were a terrible yeah, person absolutely. okay Person, <laughs> you, or you just got to be nice and make up for it now. Mm. And yeah. good, on, you've made the step in the right direction. By <laughs> uh, before we go, Brenda, what are you up to? What's going on? Where can we find you online? What can uh, we? What, you what you got coming out? Oh yeah, I should plug it. I'm meant to be writing a book, and maybe can people help me? People can help me with that. <laughs> Do you want to help? It's about long-term relationships, and Ooh. I have a theory that they only last if you long-term relationships last if you have quite low standards. Ooh, okay. So okay. I'd like to write a book about that. So. Amazing. <laughs> so this is my theory. It's a very small theory, but I think ah. it works. That if you lower your standards, your relationship so it lasts. Because sometimes, you know, I look at other people who split up and yeah. I think, they seem fine. They seem to get on better than we do. Right. Like, you know, why are they Secretly split up? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. So if you keep your standards low, So what, maybe just one of you has to have low standards, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so I might, you know, be putting tweets out asking people for, you know, the, you know the kind of Love arguments. It. The arguments I really like between couples are the ones that just last for a really long time don't go anywhere. Yeah. So it's a bit like kind of, really you know. really good at those. Like, <laughs> I, I love them. Because they're kind of, they're kind of the, the, the bond that keeps people together. <laughs> so it's a bit like,
like, you know, you want blinds and, you know, in the windows and he yeah. wants curtains and then you don't have anything and you literally don't have anything <laughs> on window. your window <laughs> for like five years. Yeah. That was a really common totally. one. That was really common. And I know somebody solved that by going to John Lewis and deliberately picking the most ugly pair of curtains that they wow. both thought was really, really ugly and using those. Oh that was the God. only way they could compromise. Wow. wow. I know, I love Is it. Those That's good. I love those long-term... <laughs> Yeah, really like, long kind oh, of arguments that just bubble along like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to change my mind and you're not going to change your mind can we just drop it and have a nice time <laughs> <laughs> my face <laughs> we've got an ongoing one about a toilet roll holder do not bring it up it's uh, oh see this is my theory there you go long term relationships are all about bubbling arguments and really low standards <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, buy it yeah. when it's out. I'm, I'm, buying, I'm buying into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Solved. Thanks yeah. for coming. That was so Thank fun. You. I loved it. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. You've heard the podcast, now buy the merch. There's a full range of certified organic cotton t-shirts, jumpers and hoodies all on the website. Just go to drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.